This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. It's the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. They were four men living all together, yet they were all alone. That this group must somehow form a family that's the way they all became the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch, that's the way they became the Brady Bunch. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to a, another live episode of Takes That Chance. I'm your host for this evening, Brady Frost. So it's a new year, it's a new episode, uh, and as you can probably see, bit like town we were a bit depleted squad wise uh, so we're looking to the rest of the team to step up but thankfully we have invested wisely um oh i can hear myself so that's brilliant one sec this is going well right okay cool this matt makes it look so easy so joining me <laughs> <laughs> joining me your host for this evening uh brady barely and the b team frost is dan will dictate play for it uh, super sub Cy Copland, and in his first guest appearance, it's uh, Huddersfield Town Women's Assistant Manager Marcus Making Mark Wilkinson, and we have a safe pair of hands in Phil Senior. So, gentlemen, oh. happy New Year! How are oh, we all? Good, good, good to hear. So, before we get into the football, um, just a bit of a bit of a lame one. Obviously, um, we are in a in a bit of a lockdown and it's a bit of a difficult time for everyone um but we just wanted to say i suppose the uh, regular panelists will echo this um thanks to everyone who kind of commented and tuned into our pods over the past year um we hope in a small way it kind of helped distract you from from what's going on um you know we'll all still be here in, in lockdown 12 in 2024 when uh, 38 year old <laughs> fraser campbell's up front but um cheers for all to tuning in Anyway, so I'm going to come on to the uh, to the game. So we're starting off with Town Town v Reading. So um, it was a two-one defeat to the uh, top six side. Early goal from Fraser Campbell, um, but a second half double from Lucas Yao convinced us to a two-one defeat. So we we'll start off with Sai. What did you What did you make of the game? 
Well, the first part, 45 minutes were, were quite positive. Good um, goal, great assist from Isaac and Benza. Um, good finish from Fraser Campbell as well to get out of his band. And we're going one nil up at half time, and you're thinking, good place to be. Um, and then the game really flipped on its head for me in the second half. I thought uh, quite quickly, Reading looked the better side. We looked quite leggy, I thought. Uh, understandable given the number of games we've had in short succession. And given um, kind of the, the, the small squad that Corbrand's kind of been working with and, and arguably chosen to work with as well, he obviously didn't and hasn't gone to the bench much or as much as what he could do, um, both against Reading and in the games before. And then Reading really kind of controlled the play. And, and, and I think, if being honest, we never really felt we were going to get back into it once we went 2 1 down, sadly. Um, but there are some positives in there. Uh, and, and kind of, I think we all look ahead now kind of to the cup game this weekend and, and then the league game after that, hopefully we're a bit more refreshed and, and hopefully a few more reinforcements as well, which I'm sure we'll come on to discuss in, in a few kind of minutes time. Yeah. Anyone, anyone else want to, want to jump in? I think, I think Sarah's kind of called it pretty well there. First half, obviously we got the, we got a goal from, from Fraser Campbell. Um, I thought we looked pretty tired throughout though, to be fair, not, not just second half. I never really thought we were fully in control at game uh, at any prolonged uh, period really. Um, come out second half and, and they sort of we're the better side for from the you know pretty much the all the second half. And if we look at stats, we had a couple of shots on target that that were all uh, possession were equal um, and, and equal corners as well. So we're, it was quite an even game. I think what let us down was the the lethargicness of the side. Um, I thought Edmonds Green um, were at fault for especially the first one. Um, to me, there he's got to get his body across. He's got to just just nod it out for a throw-in and, and we reset and defend that. But, you know, as a young lad, he's playing up against a big centre-forward there. He's, he's he's not massive, is he? He's, he's not a massive lad at the moment. I think he needs to uh, become a bit physically stronger, um, something to work on over, over pre-season, um, if you can find a gym that's open by them. Um, again, second one, I, being really harsh, you could say that he needs to get out and close that ball down a little bit quicker than what he does. Um, but again, it's just a little bit of an experience more than anything, and he'll only learn from situations like that. Um, I do like the guy; I think he's a good. I think he's a good prospect. I do think he needs to play alongside somebody a little bit more commanding, as as much as Nabisar. You know, we 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 laugh and joke about Nabisar, don't we? That one minute is is uh, best centre half in the world, and you know, minute next to you know is, is absolutely useless. And as a young lad playing against playing next to somebody like that, it, it can't help. For me, he needs someone like a Peter Clark next to him who will just basically tell him what to do and, and sort of bring him on a little bit more than you know Naby Sarr would. You could argue when Schindler's back or even Stearman. You know, you'd look to partner uh, Edmunds Green up with, with one of those, but then what do you do with Sarr? Um, so that that's a little tough a tough conundrum. He's still learning, like I say, he'll learn a lot from from those, certainly that first one, um, which, which can only be a good thing, you know, moving forward. Um only other thing to point out, I suppose, from that from that game is, I think that's now 15 points that we've we've lost from you know winning position. We have mentioned Carlos uh, game management and seeing games out, which seem to be improving. So maybe it's just a little blip. Um, overall performance wise, I didn't sort of think of any massive concerns. I think most of it were due to just the tiredness. It were it were obvious that we were we were 
you know, playing at 85% for pretty much all the match. A little bit concerning that we didn't look at bench maybe a little bit earlier. We seem to, Pritchard comes on around 75 minutes seemingly every week. I thought midfield were a little bit poor. Um, Aitin O'Brien, uh, Bakuna didn't really get much into it. You, you know, we had, uh, is it Villagio on bench? And if he's not going to throw him on, then, you know, when is he? Is he not fit enough? Is he, does he not think he's good enough? We don't know that at this stage, I suppose. But that that was the only thing for me. It seemed more of a tired loss than a bad performance loss, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd agree with that, Pause. I think, um, well, we'll kind of come on to it, but 12... You know, twelve get twelve matches in forty three days. You could you could clearly tell it was taking the toll. I'm just going to come on to Marcus now because uh, obviously you are the only one here who is kind of in, in the management role here. So um, what what did what would you have made the game if you you were kind of in the dugout yourself and as a fan? Well, just echoing what the gents have said already. Really, I thought the first forty five minutes we did look leggy, um, but we we stayed on the ball, but we didn't really have much purpose around. Is using the ball. Um, we got in some good areas, and like we mentioned, we had a, a couple of shots on target. We didn't threaten them too much, but in terms of Edmonds Green, you know, you've mentioned more experienced player alongside him. Um, one that we could forget about, who could turn out to help him out, would be Tommy Elphick. He's been captains, and you know, if someone can get get alongside him like that and talking through games, and that's where. Almost inexperience of Schofield comes in as well. Perhaps if he had a more experienced keeper, they could have told him to get it away or head it out or whatever. So, you know, I thought Romani before, you know, if we call it a mistake, was really good. He defended well and put his body on the line and cleared everything when he had to. So it was just unfortunate that, you know, perhaps a lapse in concentration and a little bit of inexperience has put him in a position once, maybe twice, where it's cost us the game, so hopefully Carlos will like, teach him about that and won't make them mistakes again. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Phil, um, we were kind of joking before we before we went live, I always get for the uh, goalkeeper view from yourself, but um, what what did you kind of make of the game and, and Schofield? Yeah, I think um, I, th- I think like the lads have mentioned there, I think we were we were probably a little bit wasteful on the ball. Uh, I don't think it were Iting, one of Iting's better games. Um, which genuinely, you know, it, going forwards, he's kind of like the dictator. It, it, it will dictate play and, and, and play the passes that, that will split defences into. Um, again, reiterating the fact that I don't think the subs have been used enough. You've got to put a little bit of faith in them, really. We, we can go on and say that the squad's not big enough and we need to spend and, and this and that. But there's some good young kids coming through. We've been saying this for a year now. Get them on, give them a chance. They're only going to learn from that. From that situation, look at what you've just been talking about there. Edmonds Green, he's you know, he'll reflect on that game at the weekend and probably think that first goal, um, he should have come towards the ball. Maybe a call from Schofield, he might have called. We're not, we're not sure, we can't really say, but um, he'll reflect on that performance because I think he's been brilliant. Um, and it's all a learning curve. And, and, and while they can get this opportunity and, and play like the team are playing at the moment, it's only going to bode well for the future for us. Um, as we mentioned there with Schofield, it's what a fantastic time for him to come in and play for the club. He's he's, he's getting plenty of um, plenty of practice while he's playing. Um, I wouldn't say he's been overworked. I just think he's he's making some key saves at, at specific points of the game, which is really standing out for him. 
Um, you guys, you know, you all look at that, the, the point blank saves that he's make um, against the lad from Blackburn and the other one the other day. But my favourite save was the, the one right at the start of the game where he just played it across him and his hands were safe and kept hold of the ball well in, in quite, you know, quite a tricky situation. So I think you've just got to kind of look for the for the positives at the moment. It weren't a great game Saturday. Um, I kind of feel like every time it gets to the second half, we're all kind of taking a big sigh and thinking, right, what's going to happen here now? Because we always look tired and, and, and I think that's a common theme at the moment. So season's obviously taking its toll a little bit, but, you know, I'm hoping a few more players maybe come in. The lad from Ireland, hopefully, um, you know, might excite a few. Obviously, the, the big loss is Coroma. We can all see that. He's been fantastic. What a revelation. Um, so, yeah, well, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a new year. You know, no one knows what's going to happen, especially with this team, because one minute we go out and we beat someone easily and we look really comfortable. And then the next, next it's um, we kind of make it hard for ourselves and look quite tired. I don't think it's for the want of trying. I think we can see there's a clear, uh, clear way of playing now, which is fantastic for us. I just think, obviously, sometimes the legs look a little bit um, a little bit weak at times and, and and obviously when these key injuries especially at the centre half it does make a difference yeah and I mean ready. Just, I think oh, oh, sorry, on, but I, was gonna say no, that, we, we, I always feel we need that second goal mm. um, I think previous home games we've two or three we've gone in at 2-0 up and I always feel like we are likely to concede especially late on I think if you look at us we, we do concede a lot eight, you know 75 80 minutes in again probably due to lagginess so I yeah. think that I think that second goal for town at the moment is is really key um, yeah, definitely. obviously didn't, didn't come on Saturday um, but but normally going in I think 2-0 at half time we, we probably would have been in a much safer position because they obviously they had to come out at 1-0 but 2-0 they've really got to come out with style that we play going forward on quick counter attack you know that, that sort of plays into our hands but it's just that second goal isn't it it's just if you can get that 2-0, although it can be a funny lead when they pull one back if they do to 2-1, it just changes the complex of the game. So I think 1-0 going in, we were probably stuck in a, a bit of a dilemma. Do we try to see it out at 1-0 knowing that we're probably a bit fatigued or do we push on and try to get another? But then we're even more knackered because we're running backwards and forwards a little bit more. Marcus, as a, as a manager, I'm sure you've been in that you know situation many a time where it's kind of almost on a knife edge in, in a way as yeah. to what to do with, with your team. But it's like you mentioned there, obviously, when when Reading are bringing players on, such as Baldock, later on in the game, who's an experienced striker who's been there and done it, I think, you know, that can make the experience. And if perhaps that's where we mentioned, like we have done numerous times about the bench and the squad depth, you know, it's it's not there. So are we trying to see games out with the players that he trusts on the pitch? So that can work both ways. You might put that much trust in them that you don't want to bring them off, but then... Also, they get that tired that then we, we drop silly points and give away goals like we are doing at the moment. Yeah, and I just wanted to, I think it's it's a good point, um, kind of touched on earlier, but I think we all kind of agree that it was just a bit ran out of gas towards the end of that period. So um, I saw Stephen Chicken had posted this, but um, obviously we had 12 matches in 43 days and four players appeared in all 12 games. So you've got Toffolo, Saar and Benzer and O'Brien and another four played in 11. So that's Hogg, Bakuna, Campbell and Iting. Um, I suppose that unless anyone wants to um, kind of talk about the Reading game a bit more, kind of leads me on to my next point. Um, do you think the squad depth is, you know, Obviously, we lost. We lost two one. Um, do you think the squad depth could potentially damage 
uh, town for the rest of the season. I know the window's open, but do, do you think that's been the the reason why we've not we're not kind of closing out games or, or losing games in the last last ten? Definitely an element of that. I think there's tactical bits as well in, in terms of how to see out games better and how to manage games better. I'm not for a second saying we roll back to kind of the Danny Cowley school of uh, kind of football management. He was very good at it, but it was a bit arduous to watch. But I do think there's some sort of middle ground where we could manage games better irrespective of who's on the pitch. I think for me, it comes down to when we look ahead, what what is the ambition for the season, really? I think with the squad that we've got, assuming we'll get a few back from injuries, obviously Phil, you mentioned Karoma there, then the squad as it stands is probably sufficient to finish in, in mid-table. And, and if uh, the powers that be at the club are, are kind of comfortable with that and, and see this season very much as part of a transition, then then we probably will we'll stick with what we've got broadly. At the same time, if, if there's a genuine appetite and ambition to, to push to the next level and the powers that be see this season as a, as a really big opportunity in which to do that, there's, there's no real front runners kind of one or two clubs aside, actually, and does choose to invest, in, then actually that could move us on to the next level. So forgive me, Brady, I probably answered your question there. Um, <laughs> kind of a bit of a sit-on-the-fence answer, but I, I think where we're at right now, with a couple going back to injury, the, the squad will, I don't foresee any issues, but it will be a bit more topsy-turvy with some good performances, bad performances all in the mix to get that level of consistency we aspire for with the games that are in such close or short succession, then, then the squad does lack a bit of depth for me. No, I agree with that. Um, I think there's been stats out there before about us creating chances and being at the top end of the table for creating. So, you know, perhaps one or two additions might score us a few more goals and, you know, do we, is it papering over a few cracks or is it actually going to be this team that can finish mid-table and higher? Because, you know, you've seen Carlos and his team signing new contracts, so surely that's the ambition of the club, the ambition is to push on and hopefully not be in a relegation battle every season. Phil, I don't know. Uh, what? I just if we look at the bench, sorry, Matt makes this look way too easy. He's just sat there loving it in the comments. Um, help! If you, I mean, if you look at the bench for for Reading guys, I just wanted to mention this. Obviously, you've got Hamer, um, who is an experienced Championship player. You've got Vallejo, who's not really kicked. Um, well, we've not really seen anything of him yet. Um, Pritchard and Kieran Phillips came on, uh, but then you've got Dehaney, Critchlow and Brown, Aaron Rowe and Ben Jackson. Now, again, we, it's kind of clear that we are going for these um, for these young players to integrate into the team. But just from a from a looking at perspective of quality, that there is, it's not the strongest bench. Um, what, what do you guys think? I'm confused. Yeah, well, this this the, the thing is, it's. They're obviously good players. These kids who are on the bench are, are good players. It, it's the, the chance to kind of shine and, and for them to have that opportunity. So we look at that bench and we think, well, there's not really much there. Um, but if they're playing in the 23s and they're performing well, they've, they've obviously got something to offer. Otherwise, you know, that's, that, that, that is literally why the kids are there. I think it's more, it's how we feel when we look at the bench. You know, it's we, we look at it and we want to see more, don't we? We look at other teams and they've got these you know, big name players, etc. But they'll be on a lot of money. Some of these clubs are, like you say, they're paying out a lot of money and we're obviously not. So I like what they're doing. You know, I have no idea what this lad's like from Ireland, but obviously it comes with a good reputation, uh, highly sought after. Um, they've obviously done the research on it. 
Um, hopefully, there's a few more of those to come. I just think, I just think, if they can start building a squad now for for next season, I think that's probably the most positive thing. I, I wouldn't want us to bring in a, a really experienced player who's just going to come in and pick up a bit of money because it's an opportunity for them to get a few more games under the belt. I want to see, I want to see us building a team, um, a squad where people play for each other and and you're kind of all pushing in the right direction. Um, too many times I think you're just quick to just go right we need we need a, a couple more players on this bench bang and there you go and it don't work and I just think you know like you've just said there the new contracts you know Scoey's been moved up into towards the first team um, there's obviously some you know information there where they're thinking right we're going to push through with this they, they're, they're impressed the board are impressed the, the chairman's impressed the fans are impressed with, with what's going on so just leave them to it and just let them kind of bring in their kind of players. But I do think we need to bring in some more players. I really do. Because, um, like you say, I can talk all day about these kids obviously being good enough to be on the bench, but there's a reason why he's not putting them on yet. Um, and it'd be interesting to see, to know why. I just think he needs to. I think he needs to get them on. I think he needs to get these young kids on. Um, where's Daly? Is Daly injured? The last game, and then I think he has been carrying injury before that. Um, but I too probably would like to see him have a bit more game time. I think I think that was the thing, particularly if you look at the bench against Reading, he felt quite defensively orientated. He had De Haney on there, right back, Brown on there, left back, kind of pretty sure centre half. Rowe, who is he a right back? Is he a right winger? He's played both kind of over the last um, kind of probably 18 months now under various managers. From an attacking options point of view, which is kind of where you arguably your leggy players are. That's where it feels like the squad is a bit thin for me. And I think, again, we'll come on to discuss it, I'm sure, the transfer window in January, if we are going to bring some additions in, it needs to be in that kind of forward third. Um, and there's obviously rumours around Aaron's and all that sort of stuff. So it does feel like the club, are, if they're going to address anything, they're going to address that area of the field. But um, it's interesting. I keep looking at this. Sorry, I keep looking at this striker situation with Campbell. Camp, I love watching Campbell. I think he's brilliant, and it, and, it, and it wrecks my brain every time I watch because you're dying for that out and out goal scorer that you know is gonna, you know, you know, pull some out of the bag. I mean, look at Carl and Grant at West Brom. He, he, he did it for us. That he cutting off the left. He looks horrendous again at West Brom, uh, playing up the top. And and I just keep thinking, I want one of those strikers that's gonna, you know, pull. Some, but then when you watch Campbell and the way that he works. His, his grafting is ridiculous. He leads from the front. Um, so just someone to support him for me. Uh, up top. It surprised me with Campbell, though, was that um, last season he struggled to put 90 minutes together. He kind of yeah. missed two minutes. He was used. I know he had it in the preseason. And then he was in one week out the next. And coming into this season, I thought, to light up top, because there's no way he could play kind of Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. But perhaps off to the lab, he has done. And when he has, he's, he's put a shift in week in, week yeah. out. Um, you probably have to do that a bit more, I think, kind of with yeah. that series. But kind of, but yeah, it divides opinion this Campbell. I think kind of because he was on the air, he's saying something quite different, but um, I don't really think he can go together. Yeah, as he does it, in the chat every week, what are we going to say, Paul? We're, we're sort of sat here uh, discussing, you know, like we, there's a lack of squad depth and stuff like that, but we're sitting, you know, pretty comfortably yeah. at the table. You're looking at your bench and thinking, you know what, there's not that much there. We, but you've got to look, there's quite a few injuries as well knocking around. You've got Coroma out, you've got Danny Ward out, you've got Schindler out, you've got Stearman out, you've got Elphick out. So you, your bench is, is going to be a little bit depleted. I think it was Neil joked on Saturday that best player that was sat on bench. Uh, they were actually Danny Schofield, you know. So, you know, if you could have banged him on team sheet and got him on, you, you know, you probably would have done. But 
yeah, we obviously do need to um, we obviously do need to recruit um, and sort of just pushing that point on to, to transfer window. As I said, I, I don't really see much happening in January. Obviously, there is Aaron's uh, already, you know, ready to go if if rumours are to believed. Uh, there's, there's the Brazilian guys that have been mentioned and stuff like that. So they do seem very forward thinking, you know, plans and, you know, looking for players to come in, you know, in final third rather than anywhere else. But for me, club have got to now, they've got to be looking at who's out of contract. Um, mm. I don't think there'll be much going on in January uh, from anyone. And I do think what's what's important now is that you, you make strides into the transfer market in preparation for the summer. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I do. I think is it when someone's got six months left on the contract, you can start to approach them and you know yes. and nail down a deal, a pre a pre deal. contract, yeah. Um, so you know that's something that we we probably will be looking at. There'll be a massive list of players, I'd imagine, that become available. I mean, at town, we're going to have to make some tough choices <laughs> on a, on players. I, I had a quick look. There's I think there's Dehaney, Steam, and Bakuna Brown, Campbell, Diakabe. Uh, Elphick, Hamer, Hogg and Benza, Pritchard, Schindler and, and Critchlow all at a contract. There's, there's some players there that you look at and you think, do you know what? I won't bother. Simply, probably more from a financial point of view. So I'd, I look through that list and I'm thinking Ben Hamer, probably keep and that's 50-50. And Benza, yeah, he's, he's improved. Keep him. And, and, and being really harsh, probably just Critchlow. And that's really harsh on like your Johnny Oggs and your Schindlers and your Fraser Campbells, but they're going to be on decent money. If they're prepared to sign a contract on a lot less, you know, maybe give them that extra, you know, 12 months. But the, we need to be looking elsewhere, I think. And we, I think if we can just keep afloat, shall we say, until end of the season, I think 10, 15 games to go, if it does look like we're safe, that's when you put in your players like your Dehaney's, your Critchlow's, um, your Jaden Brown's, give them 10 games and say, look, play for your contract, lads, and see what happens. Because if not, they're going to have to go, I'm afraid. It's just it's just unfortunate how it is. You look at Organ Schindler, absolute club legends, but if they pass the best, they pass the best. We've got to look forward. I disagree with you on, on Johnny Hogg, Poz, I've got to say. Yeah. I, I kind of would uh, would give him another contract. I'm not saying break the bank, but I think if it's a one- or a two-year deal for Johnny Hogg, then I think that's something I'd sign. Schindler probably passed his best, probably dare I say it, might want to go back to Germany. Um, I agree with you on the others, but, but Johnny Hogg's the one I'd probably... Maybe, maybe it's the heart overruling the head, I don't know, but I'd be... He's one of them, Hogg, if he got 20, maybe if he got 25 games out of him on a bit of reduced money and he's a bit of experience to talk others through. So, yeah, I can I can, I can see that, to be fair, Si. Um, I suppose it depends on, on player, doesn't it? We'll offer him money and if they don't think it's enough. But I don't think where else they're going to get any more. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them. This, you know, this summer's going to be... Players are going to have to lower their expectations on sort of money that they're going to be getting, you know, especially somebody like Mbenzo. I'd imagine he's on a decent whack, you know, 20 plus. If he's out of contract and you go back and offer him eight, is he, is he going to be like, that's not enough? Yeah. But where else is he going to get more than that? You know, it's, it's a really funny period, is this? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there'll be a lot, of, um, a lot of players out of contract worrying about... Um, Dropping a couple of thousand <laughs> pound from whatever they're getting. Do you know what I mean? It is, it's crackers. Well, they'll we'll pick up a few cheap Ferraris somewhere along the line and have to take them back, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or they get repossessed. It's crazy. We're talking about, like, you know, I would never have thought we'd have been talking about players who were out of contract on 20 or thousand. 
um, while I've been following town. You know, I remember George Donnie's coming to town and being on 10 grand a week. We were like, well, 10 grand a week? Crazy. <laughs> Bloody hell, now, you know, we've been up to 50 grand, haven't we? You know, it's, it's a funny time, really. But like you've just said there, there's going to be, it's not just going to be us, though, is it? So it's going to be a, a whole host of clubs that are in the same position. And it will be, it, you, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think we've got to look to make sure that we've got a squad available for next year. Um, maybe something we haven't kind of looked at in the past and, and lost too many decent players and not prepared for it. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens this summer. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to read some of the comments. Um, so we've got one from uh, George Stross. Um, you kind of touched on it, uh, Pause, but would you sell in Benza now? You know, if he didn't, if he's not going to sign the contract, he's out in the summer. If someone offered a, a cheeky bid for him, would you would you get rid of him? I suppose that's open to anyone, really. Depends on money, doesn't it? I suppose to me, if anyone who's got six months left on contract, who we can get some money for, you know, Dia Carby and Pritchard, you know, you'd, you'd get them out for, you know, ten bob and a bag of crisps, wouldn't you? Yeah. At the moment, if you can, you know, because they're going to be worth knowing summer. So, and Benza, now nah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably, he seems to be flourishing under Carlos. So, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be looking to extend. To me, he owes us a couple of seasons anyway from his, from, you know, when he were here before. So, really, he should play for free for at least twelve months. <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure that way, are. mate. <laughs> Just um, free. <laughs> um, so, Marcus, what, what about yourself? Um, you know, with with the contract situation, is, is there any people you like? Oh, we desperately need to keep, or you know, we can say see you later too. Well, it's similar to what the boys have just said. Really, I think his name's eight or nine players. Um, so, can we afford to keep all eight or nine and sign other players as well? Probably not. With Obviously, everything that's going on in the world right now. So, he'll have to look at his squad and who he who he sees fit to to play on. Perhaps like like you say, your Critchlow, good young centre back coming through. We'll probably get an extension. Um, hopefully, Jonathan Hogg does because I agree. Uh, I think Jonathan Hogg for Huddersfield Town is is what we need. A bit of experience, a bit of leadership in there, and you know, I think he's, he's settled in Huddersfield now. You've seen his his interview saying he loves the club and whatnot. So, I think that'd be a valuable bit of business for us. Um but in terms of like like you say, your dear Carbys and and your Pritchard, you know, they've not really not really done it. So there'll be players that me personally be looking to get off the wage bill and I'm sure a few fans would agree with that. But you know, Mbenza, again, another one that's flourishing under Carlos. So if we get a bid, it's it's one of them. It's ultimately might be down to the player if a suitable bid comes in, he might want to move on and go play elsewhere but I hope that's not the case and I hope we do sign Isaac and Benzo up for next year and beyond at least anyway I mean it's a good point mate but we've all seen him on the tandem bike with Neil and I don't think he'd want to leave that so <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I hope, so, two, I hope seats are two metres apart now if they're on the bike. Oh, of course mate we're socially distanced tandem bike yeah. um, so actually I suppose we're at a good point we're exactly halfway through the season uh, so we've played 23, won nine, drawn four and lost 10. Uh, so we're 13th from the table. Um, I just wanted to ask you lads, actually, because it's kind of like a half-term report. Um, what do you think of the season so far? Obviously, we tend to do end-of-season reviews, but um, how, how do you think it's gone? Is it lived up to your expectations? Has it exceeded your expectations? I think it's exceeded. Well, Sorry, I, I, think, I think it's exceeded what I, what I thought. Um, if you talk about reports, it would be a, a could do better at times. Um, 
I, I just think I, I think we look we look good. We look solid enough. Um, I'm back to watching uh, a town match where I feel comfortable in in the watch minus. Uh, parts of the game, obviously second halves, like we mentioned before. Um, so it, I am, you know, quietly surprised with, with how we've performed. Uh, and, and like you say, we, we talked about the amount of points that we that we could have had. If you look back on another season, it could have been totally different, you know. And Benza um, on Saturday there was a ball across the box from O'Brien where it could have been end of a tour, game over. You know what I mean? So it's it's. I think it feels like it's been one of those at times where it's been kind of kind of thereabouts and just hasn't kind of come good for us. But um, I'm I'm happy where where we're at. To be honest, I think we've we've coped well with the injuries that we've had. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many other teams have, have suffered with a similar injuries to us. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm quietly happy to be honest. And with with Phil on that, I think you know for previous years you've pretty much almost know what you're going to get with Huddersfield Town. You'd, you'd watch the game and, you know, you'd sometimes hope just to get a point, but the way we've been playing at times and, you know, we, we've looked a little bit more exciting and had that little bit of identity about us. So I think I can't see us being in a relegation fight, if I'm honest. I, I do think we'll finish mid-table. Um, and I think that has got to be looked at, especially on previous years, as a good season for the club. And it'll be just a case of building on that and then going again in the summer. I think I'd, I'd probably go a little bit. Sorry, say. Si, um, I'd probably go a little bit, a bit further than you know what, what's just been said there. I think he's doing. I think Carlos is doing an absolutely fantastic job. You know, I can't. You can pick faults as you can pick faults with anybody. You know, people pick faults with Mourinho and, and Klopp and stuff like that. But you know, the guy's still young. It's his first season in in first team football. He's been under the the pandemic situation to deal with. You know, there's probably a lot going on. What behind scenes that we don't see, you know, what you can and can't do. There'll be, there's, there's games coming at him left, right and centre. He's probably still not had more than a week's succession in training because there's been a match and then there'll obviously be a rest day and there'll be, you know, players going in for massages instead of being on grass and all that sort of stuff. And to, to cope with all that, the injury list, as Phil says, that he's got, and having us playing football the way that he's done in such a short, short space of time, yeah, there's always room for improvement. But if you're talking about, you know, after reports and grading, you, you've got to be, you know, you, for me anyway, is a, is a B plus, you know, A sort of standard at the moment. I know, Marcus, you've worked with him, um, which I don't know if we're going to come on to in a little bit. But Let's come on to it now. He, he, seems a, he seems a really, you know, you need you don't show much emotion for me, you know. I know because he's mentioned it, because he, he likes an emotional manager. He, he, he shouts a lot and stuff, but when he, when he scores, if camera goes to him, he, he don't, you know, he's a bit deadpan. He, he's not either way. Um, I, I think he's got a, probably got a good rapport with the players, given he's only a young fella himself. We you know with the younger players, uh, you know, from your experience working with him, how, you know, can you see that in the style of play from his personality? And you know, yeah, definitely, he's done what he's done. Definitely, I think we saw, I think it was the Rotherham game where he's almost celebrated perhaps a little bit too much than what he wanted to. And But like like you say, I have worked with him and he pays great attention to detail and, you know, he looks at every single aspect of the game um, inside out and he'll watch it not just once, he'll watch it 10, 15 times just to make sure everyone's in the right place and it, it'll take him hours and hours just to analyse one game of football. Um, so from the little time I did work with him, I know that he works non-stop to to get his ideas, and you know he demands so much of his players and his teams, and almost the people that he works with as well. Like 
you know, you'll, you'll know Danny Schofield, Phil, he's, he's a, a very knowledgeable football man and he trusts so much in him and he did at Leeds, he worked very closely with him at Leeds and I'm sure that he'll have a big role to play uh, in yeah, the staff at, at the first team as well. So, Yeah, it's funny, I've just been talking to Andy Ellsworth um, tonight and I was talking about Scoey because just obviously it's a, it's a great, great move for him. He's a great lad, he's Scoey, you know, top, top fella. Um, and it makes me laugh because when I'm watching TV and I'm seeing Scoey on TV and coaching, he's really emotive, like he's, his hands are out. Bah, 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 bah. He was never like that as a footballer. He was, he was so quiet. He was so laid back, just got on with his stuff, um, knew what his strengths were, and just that, that was Scoey. Not like myself or someone who would just shout out all the time. I think that's kind of come from... Carlos, you know, I'll go back to, I mentioned it um, a couple of months ago, my little trip to KFC, uh, and we had a peek to watch the, the first team training. And the, like you said there, I, I have not got the in-depth knowledge of how Carlos and the coaches work, but the attention to detail from not just Carlos, but the other coaches, who I have no idea who they are, they were literally, <laughs> you, you, could, you could see who, you could see kind of like the, the, the player's attention was really focused and they was working on attacking from wide areas and, and movement into the box. And it was so thorough. And, and they looked like they, the coaches were enjoying coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, as a player, if I saw my coach like that, best coach I ever, I ever had, well, not uh, one that had a, a big influence on me was a guy called Eric Steele, where, when Steve Francis and, uh, and, and Tony Norman were playing. And he was unbelievable. You literally just wanted to do it, whatever he told you to do, because he was so kind of, you know, expressive. And and I think that's probably what the players will see. And and you know, I'm hoping that that's that's why they're putting that extra yard in at the moment and, and making a bit of a difference. But obviously, Marcus, you've you've worked close with him. So is is that the way he is on on the, the coaching field as well as his other coaches? Because yeah. if he is, I think the players will love that. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a, he's very much a people's person, but again, like I said, he he almost demands hundred percent off everyone yeah, all the time. It's yeah. it's not just you drop your standards and you know he'll be on you straight away. Um, mm. Similar to like you see the other Spanish coaches like Guardiola, you, yeah. you see him always belting out instructions, and you can see that when players come over for drinks, it's not just Carlos; it's all his coaching staff talking to the players, getting instructions onto them and yeah. different ideas. So. Like you say, when when players see the coach that passionate and that hands on, you know you almost want to give him to play for him, yeah. that extra ten fifteen percent each game. Yeah. So that can only benefit us. He seems very close with his with his coaching staff. A couple of times, it's cameras pant at bench, and you know it's like a bad version of E seventeen, all in the black coat, <laughs> and also you know there's four or five of them all looking around an iPad, on you know what I mean. And it, yeah, he's it, obviously communicating to them what he wants them to communicate to. You know, certain players on pitch and stuff like that, and it's nice to see. You know, I remember managers gone by who just sort of standing dug out, not really doing the right lot. Uh, I think, I think we've moved on from managers to coaches, head coaches. They all have these different titles now, depending on what they like to be seen as. Though, but ultimately, it's the same thing. And you're in charge of team, and you're asking them to do, you know, what you can do. And if, if I always think, you know, obviously I've never played professional football, but you know, you work and if you, you like your manager and you, you do go that extra yard in, you know, whatever field you choose to do. So if, if he has got a great rapport with players and you know the trust in, in his methods, then 
you know, crack on. I'm just waiting for the day we get to a cup final and everyone walks onto the pitch in cream chinos, you know, like Liverpool. <laughs> Instead of getting a suit, everyone turns oh, the spice boys. chinos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chinos and New Balance trainers. That's the one, yeah. It's like, oh, mate. I was going to try that on Sunday League football, but I thought I'd just get a bucket. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so Marcus, just obviously we've talked about you working, you working with Carlos. That's when you were a, a first team uh, analyst at, at Leeds. Um, you mentioned obviously it demands a lot from people, but I think we've kind of seen when he gives interviews as well. He's not, um, he's not the most charismatic. He's kind of very, very to the point. Um, is he, is he quite? You know, what's he like behind the scenes? You know, when you get to know him, is he? Does he give a bit of banter? Like, is he? You mentioned he's a bit of a people person. Yeah, like I said, I, I wasn't around him all the time you know he always used to pop into the first team office but every time he came up it was always talk about football and mainly just to talk about the 23s that are getting in the first team at Leeds and whatnot but you know again even around the building at Leeds United everyone showed him so much respect because they knew the kind of person he is and the kind of character he is and you know I think in his early days he took himself out to Cyprus and had a managerial job out there and that was one of his first jobs so I think you've got to have a bit about you to, you know, for, for your first job to leave home and go to a different country and coach in, in a country that's not predominantly massive on football and not a massive footballing country. He could have, he could have stayed at home and played it safe. And I know he, he did a lot with Villarreal Academy as well and was highly thought of back there. So, you know, he is, he is that kind of person. He, he's a driven person. And, and again, he, He's someone who, who you do want on your coaching staff and you do want around the place. So, you know, you see in his interviews, he, he doesn't just give short answers. He, he loves he loves talking, um, as you can you can all see, which, you know, he goes into detail about absolutely everything. Every aspect of the game will give you they'll give you his honest answer and and a lot more as well. No, definitely, and uh, I just uh, we'll just kind of kind of read up the, some of the comments. Um, just wanted to get this one in first uh, from Freddie Cocker. Brady, that added ass tracksuit makes you look like you love watching Sampdoria under twenty ones on the weekend for pleasure. Good job hosting so far. Thank you, Freddie. Didn't prompt you to do that at all. Uh, we've got quite a lot of comments from from Pal Terriers. Cheers for tuning in. Um, just on kind of jumped ahead, um, but uh, he does disagree with you. Uh, uh, Pozza about Hogg says it'd be a big, big mistake to let uh, Jonathan Hogg go, and I do agree with him, mate. I think you think you're on your own in this one. It was a big shout that Pozza, I'm telling you. It was. I can, I can see my Twitter feed will be getting uh, some dogs abused after that. Hey, be a shepherd, not a sheep, pal. If that's what you think, that's what you think. You know what I mean? You have to follow <laughs> suit for everybody. I, I, I can honestly see without going over the conversation again. I can see why you. Know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
So he'd be a valuable <laughs> member of the squad, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's sure down here, Pos, if you want one. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, though, I'd let someone else tell him. I won't go in and tell him. Because you'll have me against Wall, won't you? Not, not shit out of me, so... <laughs> First chance he gets. I'll leave that uh, somewhere else. Yeah, so um, I suppose this comes on to it. we got a few questions about it. Um, it's kind of, for quite a few people, the favourite favorite time of, uh, of the season. It's another transfer window open. Um, so we're just kind of obviously we, uh, Phil's touched on it, but Danny Grant's joined the club um, from Bohemians. Um, again, I'm going to do a plug, but we, we wrote an article about it on the website, so you can learn a little bit more what it was like at Bohemians. Um, but yeah, just kind of some of the other people we're linked to, um, Rolando Aaron. So again, it's kind of one of those ones that's been simmering uh, over the window, um, and it, it does still kind of sound like the deal's on. Um, but I suppose. He's, he's, he's not been anywhere near the Newcastle squad. Is this? How do you guys feel about him as a signing? Because I do feel it's, it's very mixed. Some people, you know, from from my perspective, I think we need a winger. Um, it's, it's really clear, especially with Corona out. And I'm not I'm not too bothered if it's Aaron's or not. Um, I don't think Aaron's on paper particularly excites me. But you know, again, I didn't think Corona would be having a cracking season before I get injured. So. Um, what, what, what do you guys think about Rolando Aaron's if he does just join the club? Is that do you think he'll do well? I think it's interesting that we're, that we're still in for him because it, it proves that he was, you know, sort of the number one target, I suppose. Um, it, when you you know first looking to come, you, you're thinking, is it Carlos that wants him or is it someone else? The fact that it's fallen through and we're still rumoured and, you know, if rumours are to believe actually, you know, getting him, then it proves that we do want him. I think idea probably was to have Karoma you know, the, the front three, if you will, it were Campbell and Ward for the, the central role, Karoma and Aaron's on one side and Diakabian and Benza on the other. So you've got potentially two options for, for each there. I'll be honest, don't really know much about him. You know, I've looked on Wikipedia, like I'm sure pretty much everybody has at football stats. And as you say, you look at him and he doesn't fill you with massive confidence that he's going to come in and, and do really well. But if you'd have asked me about how Isaac and Benza would perform, you know, in summer, I would have said he'd be absolutely rubbish and get him on first playing out of here and look at what Carlos has done. So I put my trust in Carlos. If he still wants him and we can get him, you know, bring him in. Just make sure we get facts sent off a bit earlier this time. <laughs> it's a relatively low risk transfer, isn't it? Uh, presumably we'll get him on a maybe an 18-month deal to get the next season. Uh, I very much doubt we'll be paying a fee for him or anything like that. So certainly relative to Mbenza, Diakabi, Sobby, the guys who kind of from, from that Premier League era, bringing in someone like Aaron's, if he doesn't work out, there's very little risk to the club in, in that regard. I'm with you on this one, Paz, not on Johnny Hogg, but, but on this one, in that it, it, it doesn't excite me. Um, he's had kind of quite a, uh, an in-and-out career. He's been out on loan to various places and the feedback from those clubs isn't overwhelmingly positive. But, but sometimes people need a chance and kind of we've seen with other players in, in the current team that, Corbrand's been able to bring out the best in people. Um, so hopefully it can be the case with Aaron's if we if we get him over the line. I think a wing is needed, definitely. I really do. I think I think sometimes when you when you look at your subs late late on, that's kind of like the area, isn't it? They 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 kind of the out. Um bring back Van La Parra for me. <laughs> in Spain, man. Um, yeah, he's just I, I, for honestly, Spanish club, yeah. I, I, I liked Van La Parra. Um but I but, did feel you know, my favourite. Yeah, someone who can, I just think, you know, a winger who can, can get the ball up the field for us in, you know, 
<laughs> and Benz has been brilliant, hasn't he? But he's keeping him on longer and longer and longer now in a game. He, he used to take him off and stick, um, what's he called, Dia Carby on. Uh, and it was pointless. And I think, you know, we, we kind of need those fresh legs out wide. It's, it's, you know, the lads are working hard enough with, throughout the game. You need someone who's going to come on and just kind of turn the team and, and kind of stretch the pitch a little bit. So I do think it's an area that we need to that we need to strengthen. But like we've all said there, like I have no idea about Aaron's. Um, I think if you look at, you know, we, we tend to look at social media and other what other clubs are saying. No one's ever going to say anything good about a player that's left their club. So um, I think it's pointless looking at that. I think we've just got to trust uh, Carlos uh, and and his decision making in terms of players that he's seen. So, um, but yeah, I do think I do think a wing is uh, pretty key to be honest. Um, I think we're sorted in centre midfield area. I think Oggy's fantastic. Um, uh, been, been one of his <laughs> best players. Is, been one of... <laughs> is it how many times have you mentioned how good Oggy is? Is that a competition? Bloody hell, I like it. <laughs> uh, he's been one of our best players this season. So, uh, no, yeah, yeah, winger, winger for me. I'm not, I'm not sure who, but um, like I say, this hopefully this lad from Ireland's going to um, rip it up a little bit for us. So you never know. It is yeah, a funny one. I think we were linked to the point Luke Jeff Jeff Croft. Jeff Croft from Plymouth. From from Plymouth. Yeah. Um just looking at his stats, kind of twelve goals and seventeen appearances, joint top goal scorer in League One, um, Welsh under twenty one international. Feels like he ticks lots of boxes in terms of profile mm-hmm. and kind of age range player we want to bring to the club. I don't know what sort of contract length he's got and, and kind of how much um or what sort of fee we would need to, to be able to prize away from Plymouth. It'd be interesting to see actually this weekend coming how he does. But um, that was a one of all the all the people we've been linked with so far that excited me the most. See, this, see, I, this for me, from from my kind of past now in football, I, I feel quite fortunate to have played uh, the, like in the non-league scene because it's for for me these kind of players want it. So, Joe Lolly, I remember playing against Joe Lolly at Kidderminster. It was absolutely frightening. Um, I still laugh at my mate, Ryan Tulson now, who got absolutely rinsed by him. At, right? we, we actually laughed at him at half-time when he came off the pitch. It was that embarrassing. Jamie Vardy, when he, when he was playing with me at Halifax, yeah. unbelievable. And these, these players lower down, who are full of confidence, who have no fear whatsoever in these wide areas that, for me, need to you need to take a chance to take a punt on. And, and this is where your scouting network comes in, doesn't it? You know, it's uh, like that little bit of trust in, in well, obviously, your, your performance analysis. You know, there's loads of info there. You don't really need scouts anymore unless you want to go and find out what a person's like. Um, it's, it's Everything's there. You know, you have to click one button and you've got all the information you need. So, um, and I mean, that's another conversation. But I think there's so many players in the lower levels that you can that you could target. And, and with a manager, obviously, like Carlos, who's working wonders with, with certain players and young lads, I think it's uh, the way forward. So, um, like I go, I go back to it again. I've got no interest in signing any of these experienced players, to be honest. I think for me now, the way that we're moving forward, let's get some hungry footballers into the club uh, and, and, and you know build a team from that. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I think Town are quite an interesting club. Sorry, Marcus, just to, just to put in there. I think we're quite an interesting club where we've got a proven record of younger players coming in and we're not, yeah. well, it might be totally different under Phil, but under Dean, it was certainly, you come in, you perform and, and someone comes in for you and we'll let you go. We we're not going to yeah. stand in the way. And, and you know, there's, there's players that are probably playing that league who are quite willing, you know, put themselves in the shop window, come to town 18 months, two years, 
do what you can do and all of a sudden you never know where you might get to. So I think that's a, a good, strong pulling point from us as well. And that's how it, and that's how it should be. You know, we, we, Neil Aspin at Halifax used to say that, come to us, I'll get you a move. That's what he used to say, I'll get you a move. Come and, come and perform for us. I, I won't keep you. Jamie Vardy, he, he let him go. You know, obviously Chairman had a bit of a price for him, but it weren't, you know, it weren't massive. Let him go because he's, that's, it's, a, it's an incentive, isn't it, for players? Absolutely. And we have done that, haven't we? Yeah, just like I said before, just to agree with Phil, when you've got hungry players with a point to prove, I think uh, the Jepcott, I think he came over from the Welsh League or the Irish League as well. So he's he's come over to England to play his trade and, you know, he's started really well at Plymouth. So, you know, he's a young, hungry footballer, Welsh under 21 international with a point to prove. So yeah. the championship offer comes up, he's going he's gonna to work harder than certainly the strikers we've been linked with I know, especially in the summer, I think we were linked with David Nugent. Who've no disrespect to David Nugent, but like you say, we need we don't want players coming in here with that experience, just picking up a wage. We need players coming one in. One England cap, mate. One, one England cap, one <laughs> goal. <laughs> prolific, prolific. Um, but yeah, like Phil said, the calibre of player that perhaps we want, we've proven that we are a club that can, you know, get good young hungry players and move them on. And even in terms of the loans, like you look at your Chilwell and your Smith Rowe, they've they've come and. And then gone and done better things after leaving Huddersfield Town. So the same as Aaron Moy, you know, we, we took a chance on him and yeah. came and got a move. So like Phil said, it's proven that a club like Huddersfield, even if it is perhaps a stepping stone for a few players, but come and play, like Neil Aspin said at Halifax, come and play for us and then then we'll happily help you move on from there and bet yourself as a footballer and and your career. I'll take one I'll take one experienced player, Ashley Barnes. He's horrible. Actually I love bad. it. I think he's class. Just get him in and just smash all defenders yeah. to pieces. Goalkeepers, <laughs> boom, everyone. Yeah, yeah that's experience. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, 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 I won't say no to like Messi. You know, if he wanted to, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. could have a bit of experience. Oh, yeah, not definitely. Half, <laughs> half Cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Oh, I love that. Oh, what's, um, what's your master chicken shop? Sorry, sorry, go. On. I was talking about chicken. So, Phil, what's what's your opinion on the loan market? You've obviously got a view on what sort of players we should bring to the club. I think what's quite different from this regime is that we haven't really used Premier League loans in the way we perhaps did under yeah. uh, and under uh, kind of Danny Cowley. Do you think that's something we should be looking at more, or, or actually do you think it's just a uh, shock? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's um, yeah. I've not really thought of it until you've said that. I think the, the the signings that we've made in the past, you know, Emil Rose Smith were brilliant. I think it was just what we needed. I think if if you haven't got anyone in a position um, that is isn't clearly going to be able to make a difference for us, then I think the the loans are irrelevant. Um, I just think when you bring in a loan, if if you're bringing a loan player in to cover someone like your Matty Daly or or you know others in those positions, I think it's it's taking an opportunity away from those boys, but. I do think, you know, there's always those kind of players, isn't there? You know, that number 10 spot or, or a tricky winger or something that is, is really hard to come by. I think I would make the most of it in those positions. But, um, yeah, it's, like you say, it's if if our policy is now to bring young kids through, maybe that's something that we might not see. Um, it maybe, you know, that he's not going to look at this alone and, and, and kind of bring us on through. So, um, who knows? But, um, like I say, like it just shows, doesn't it? Emilio Smith has been fantastic recently and, um, you know, is that something that we're missing out on at the moment? You know, that's the first thing I thought. Let's get some loan players in at the start of the season, um, which hasn't really, you know, I mean, we've got hiding, but it's, you know, you know, is that something? Is that something that we're missing? It, loan, loans are interesting. Well. 
Sorry, if I was saying something else that's worked well, you mentioned my Chilwell, Smith Rowe, mm-hmm. and there's other examples. Perhaps I like maybe Trevor Shalabeth, possibly, yeah. who, who he certainly his first six months, like he wasn't better than the argument what we had. But the thing that's quite interesting to me is you take Matadale as an example, because again, at the moment, he's kind of come down to the bench quite a bit for Huddersfield. Yeah. Would he be better going out on Luton to see yeah. something in League One, League Two? Look what Lewis O'Brien did when he went to practice yeah. week in, week out. And then would we come back and see a better player? And is, is the kind of the restrictions on the squad now meaning that we need to keep hold of him, but only as a bit part player? Is that going to hinder his development? And difficult conundrums and, and, and that sort of stuff. You've got to do what's best for the club, but also what's best for the individual. But I think my idea is some potential there. We're not going to see it playing one in five no. in Eastern games. It's brave. It's going. To, it's it's going to come from brave management, isn't it? It's like you just say. You've hit, you've hit the nail there. there. It's it's a difficult decision. Do you let him go out and gain the experience? So Brian, what left him was fantastic. Or do you keep him and, and kind of give him those little bit of a chance? For me, if I was Matty Daly, I'd want to be out. I'd want to be out and playing and and, and gaining experience because when you've got someone like O'Brien, who's obviously flourished and and made massive steps towards where he needs to be. Um, you know, there could be a little bit of, um, you know, a bit of upset there, really, if he's not getting his game time. Kids, you know, you know, modern society now, kids expect everything, don't they? So, you know, they're not going to be happy if they're not seeing, if they're not getting the performances, you know, you know, 20, I'm 20 year old, I've not had a chance in my first team. There's going to be a bit of unrest, so you've got to manage it well. So, um, which is why I could never be a manager. Yeah, you, you, you I lose my head too much. <laughs> you mentioned players going out on loan. You look at like Kieran Howard, you know, made his debut mm. against Leeds United last season, then went, I think he went to um, Harrogate. Harrogate, that's the one. And I think it was quite a successful loan for him. Yeah. Um, he played quite a few games and then's come back and, you know, we've, he's not featured for us and mm. not been around the squad bit. So do you then look at League Two, League One level, loaning him out, at getting him that little bit more experience and then? going again with him in the summer. But like you say, who knows what, what Carlos is thinking regarding the mm-hmm. squad at the minute. It's a tough yeah. one, isn't it? Because I suppose it depends on who... Sorry, Brady, just to jump no, in. No. Um, it, it, it depends on where they want to go on loan. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at League 1, League 2, and, you know, sometimes I want, you know, Quest, when it runs on past championship level and you see some goals and some of the football that's played there, and actually, you could send someone out on loan. You've got to pick a team that plays at least a similar sort similar of style, style to you. Yeah. And if you drop down to League 2 and you're just playing with cloggers every week and you're probably better off actually staying with under 23s mm-hmm. right, in some respects. So I think yeah. for a loan, he's got to work both ways. I think you want your player to develop, but you know you can't just sort of send him anywhere. Um, but it is an interesting one, loans. I always think that they can be well utilised. And again, I know we've mentioned it, but with, with COVID situation, there's going to be a lot of players in, in certainly Premier League, under 23s, academies that are, you know, sort of, twitching at the moment because they're not going to be might not be able to be retained and yeah. if you can bring someone in in January on loan with a view to a permanent in, in summer that might be a good way to look at players and see you know see how good they are and then stuff like FA Cup you know we, we would you know cup tie on Saturday it's a good opportunity for some of these young players to maybe get a shirt and see you know let's have a look at them God, pause it with the hot takes. Slagging off Hog and then calling the <laughs> two a bunch of cobblers. Jeez. Um, I've got, we've got a question earlier, lads, actually, um, from Tom. Uh, just Tom. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that um, there's the link between O'Brien and Burnley again. Um, mm. If we got an offer, I would be interested to see what you think. Because for me, I don't think he's hit quite the heights he did last season. But obviously, he had the injury and he's still kind of coming into a new system. Um would you, would you, if Burnley came in with a, for an offer, would you take it, or do you think stick with him to 
to the end of the season. He's a perfect, he's a better Johnny Og for me, so keep him. Get rid of Og and keep up, Brian. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? What, what, it's, it's a... get five million for Og, Paz. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess you want more. Yeah, the, the money that's thrown around now, you'd want more for O'Brien, wouldn't you? I think we do get greedy, don't we, when, when there's, a, there's an opportunity for someone to move on. Um, but there's us sitting down saying that we're, we're happy for for kids to come on loan or, or to sign lower league players and then to let them go on. But when, when it's one of us <laughs> owner we've brought through, we're yeah. like, nah, I want to keep him. And we want 20 million for him. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a difficult one, isn't it, really? So... Um, I know what you're saying about the, the fact that he's, he's not played like he played last season, but different managers, different style of play. Um, does it suit him as much? I still think he's doing. I think he's doing all right. His, his endeavours there. I just think that it's just it, just his final final ball at times. His uh, decision making at times hasn't just been quite up to speed as well it was last year. But I still think he's performing well. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's a tough question. Is that what do you do? Thirty million. 20 million? <laughs> five? Would you t- would you sell him for if if they put a deal in or offer him for five million, would you let him go? I think I think um, he needs no. 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 It'd have to be five going up to eight, Ten. depending on what Burnley can do. Trying to squeeze three million out. <laughs> do we do we see that three million? That extra three million, where does it go? Oh, that's, a, that's a whole new <laughs> podcast, is that, Phil? That's a week-long special. <laughs> that's, a, that's an instalment as well. That bit, That'll yeah. all be an instalment. <laughs> Two oh. pound a week. Sorry, I do apologise. Yeah. Just thought I'd bring it back up. <laughs> Just in memory of Neil and Cosy, that one. Um, so, so, yeah, you wouldn't, you know, see, it sounds like we'd all keep him unless we got a ridiculous offer. Like, I mean... He is a, you know, he's a young English player, so there is a bit of a premium on him. So mm. you know, we'll see. And Burnley have been taken over by some Americans, so uh, maybe a lot of cash. Barnesville, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Take him. There you go. I'll, yeah, let him go. <laughs> I don't want any money for him. I just want Ashley Barnes just to smash him on. <laughs> um, just just before we, um, I kind of move on. Is is there any? Any players you think Town need in general? Or obviously, we talked about wingers. Um, Corbyn has has mentioned about um, he's looking at centre backs as well. Is is there anyone any other positions you think Town need? Obviously, we, we talked about squad depth and transfers for that. Right? I I made a little note about centre backs. Um, I know Come we've in. got three out three out injured, um, Schindler, Elphick, and, and Steerman, But for me, they're not none of them are the future. Um, I like Nabisan, I like Edmonds Green, but I do think we probably need one more option there who's a little bit younger than, in a similar style to your Schindlers, your Elphicks and your Steamers, but, you know, maybe five years younger. And if we can bring, that'd be the only other place where I'd say, look, we kind of, not desperately need someone, but I'd be looking to strengthen apart from, from wingers. So, you know, if me and Carlos are on the same train of thought there, then we can't be, we can't be too far off, can we? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I agree. I agree. I do, I do think it's probably an area that we need to look at. Um, I think we'll have mentioned before. I think Ryan Ryan's done well so far, and I think it'd be it'd be nice for him to have a little bit of um, experience in front, just to help him out a little bit. I think he's he's got everything there that he needs to to be a, you know a good goalkeeper for us. So, um, and we you talk about the spine of your team if you have a, a you know a good centre half, hoggy middle. Um, and uh, Fraser, up, Fraser, up top. you know, it's it makes it, it does make a difference, it does make a difference. So, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that, positive, to be honest. 
and just a little bit of consistency, you know, yourself, Phil, yeah. for the goalkeepers having, you know, who you're going to have playing in front of you every week and you build that, that relationship with them. So yeah. it'd be good for Ryan to have someone, if it is alongside Edmonds Green or if it's alongside Saar, you know, yeah. it'd be good for him to have someone. Yeah, my, my favourite centre-halves to play behind aren't, aren't the, the, the best footballers or, or the, naturally the best centre-halves. It's the ones that you can rely on and trust mm-hmm. and have a good relationship with. So um, it makes a big difference if you've got that. Um so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I, I have, I've literally have no idea about any other centre halves in no. this league or leagues below. So no. this is where analysts come into play, don't because you just get yourself <laughs> out to analysts, right? What have we got down bottom yeah. of the league? Who can tackle? Who's good at you know? Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, I have no idea. Did anyone else want to say anything about uh, transfers? Or uh, I suppose it will kind of go on if uh, everyone's good. Yeah. No? Cool. Okay, so just uh, obviously we have got a game. Uh, it's the FA Cup against Plymouth. Um, Corbrand's kind of mentioned rotation. So um, I think as we've kind of talked about people, a couple of people need to take a bit of a rest. So who do you, is there any players you're kind of like desperate to, to come into the team and, you know, have a look at them and see what you think? Because um, for me, I think, um, you know, obviously we've talked about the, the strikers and five strikers, but I think it'd be a great game for Kieran Phillips, you know, Campbell's knackered and, Again, I just think I'd give him a run out. Again, we've not seen anything from Vallejo. Um, I wonder if he'd play in. There is those kind of fringe players like Pritchard. I know um, I know we've talked about him, but I'm trying to think last time he played a full 90, so it might be a good, good game for him. But uh, anyway, uh, I'll start with you, Paz, because uh, you look like you were chomping a little bit there. Oh, man, very similar to yourself. I, you know, made a little list of, you know, I would like to see. And, you know, Phillips is on there, Vallejo, Rowe, Critchlow. Pritchard, give him a 90. You know, he might find his level against a League One club and we might be able to offload him, maybe, something <laughs> like that. Um, give just it's give players a rest. It's, it's always a funny, it's always a funny one, is FA Cup, because it's one of them that you want to stay in as a fan, because obviously there's, there's the draw of the potentially getting a big team, but this season you can't go. So if we got Man City away, it wouldn't matter because you can't go anyway. Um we're not going to win it, are we? Let's be honest. We're not going to win it. So, do you, as a manager, Marcus, you'll probably have experience of this, you know, running women's side in, in Cup. Do you use it as a as a way to have a look at a couple of players? Or, as we've just come out of a loss, is it important to, to play strongest team and get back onto a, onto a winning run? It must be a real conundrum. For, it's easy for us to go, yeah, just play our youth team and give everybody a rest. But missing a week could do someone more harm than good than getting a week on field and getting a win under the belt and it must be a real tough sort of decision to make yeah it, it can work both ways because like you say we could sit here and say oh, all the youngsters should be put in and then say if the youngsters go in and don't have the best of times mm-hmm. against a, a lower league side and then it's oh why didn't we go out to win the game and so and so should have been playing and he should have been playing but you know that's that's part of football management every decision you make it's not going to be the right one for some people so it's just whatever he sees fit. Does he does he want to concentrate and prioritise the league over over the cup competitions? I'm sure he will do. Um, but when when you say that, if you bring in the likes of Jaden Brown in and Pritchard in and other players like you say, you Critchlow, the the more than capable of adding to the squad. I don't think they'll make as much weaker than obviously mm-hmm. Toffolo's been really good. But I think before Toffolo came in, Jaden Brown was probably one of our best players at the start of that season. So. You know, I think he can come in and do a job in there and it'd be nice to see Vallejo because I don't think we've seen much of him at all since he's been here. So it'd be good to see what he can offer us. And like you say, Kieran Phillips, he's, he's been scoring for the 
for the B team as it is now. So why not give him a chance? It's a perfect game for him. He'll be energetic. He'll hopefully get in the right areas and all it takes is one to fall for him in the right place and you know it goes in the back of the net and his confidence rockets up and you know never looks back from there. So, But then again, it's one of them where you might need an experienced head of Fraser Campbell to go up and play against the centre-halves of Plymouth that that'll bully you. So it's like you say, we can sit here and say, he should play, he should play. But ultimately, it's down to what Carlos sees from the analysis that he does on Plymouth. These are the toughest games to play in for a player who wants yeah. to impress because Phillips is going to rock up onto that pitch and he's not going to have uh, Karoma or Umbenza to put these worldy balls in that they've been putting in at the moment and feed them what they, what they need to, to do that. So it's, it's, it's really difficult for these, you know, we, we you know, I, 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 when it Port Vale we played a couple of years ago and it was it was absolutely horrendous ethic. oh god and the team had been totally switched and you sit there as a fan and you think god this is crap this is horrendous but then you think back to being a player at that time and, and it's a really difficult game that to, to come into yeah. and try and stand your authority and everyone's got expectations on you Posse I'm exactly the same as you I, Pritchard plays that game and we give him a 90 minutes I'm expecting big things off him he should be running he should be absolutely running that game but when you've got others around you who are just finding the feet just mm, one person difficult. can't do it so yeah. it, it, they, they're kind of onto a bit of a loser really so it is nice to watch him play and to see these players playing that we haven't seen for a while but uh, I just think about the players who are playing on the pitch it's not it's not the easiest game for them to play um, so it's, um, it's a bit of a catch-22 really I think <laughs> I can kind of relate to that because with the women's, we was in the FA Cup at the weekend um, and we made four or five changes and, you know, perhaps in hindsight, looking back, it, it might have been the wrong decision. We, yeah. we had to make a couple of changes at half-time to get us back in the game. Again, we're going to lower league opposition who were up for it. They've got a bit of fa- few fans behind them because there was a lot of fans in. So it was always going to be one of them cup ties That's where, it. you know, they're coming to beat us effectively with, with top of the league above them and, you know, it will be a couple upsets, so it's a big game for them, and similar for what Plymouth will be. They'll want to, they'll want to come to Huddersfield, and they'll want to beat us. So, like you say, do you do you stick with a squad that you know is going to get you through a game, or do you perhaps take a little bit of a risk and change your shape or shape or personnel a little bit yeah. and it backfire on you? It's yeah. like you say, it's the beauty of football management. You've got to, you've got to make a decision and <laughs> yeah. stick with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we, we had to we had to change our shape two or three times because we put personnel in there and instead of going with two holding midfield players, we went with one and, you know, that almost had a negative impact on us, so to speak. And we, we changed that earlier on in the in the first half and we looked more solid after doing that. But it was all about moving personnel around the pitch and getting players in the right areas. And, you know, if, if you change your shape and then suddenly you lose a little bit of your identity and you come away from what you know, then it can it can upset them, like you said, like you, effect, yeah, like you Pritchard coming in if he's if he's coming in and trying to do the right things, and then where the players are trying to find the feet, like you said before, it it can have a negative impact, and yeah. it looks say if Pritchard plays a pass that he would play when Campbell's playing, Campbell will get on the end of it, but Phillips might not do, yeah. but then it's seen as Pritchard giving the ball away, and then it's on the flip, yeah, definitely. But on the flip yeah. side of that, Bozzy, and we'll go back to. What we think about Pritchard, he's yeah. had plenty of opportunities. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. He's, yeah. you know, he came in from I think Norwich at the time, and it, to be fair, he, he was tearing it up at Norwich, and yeah. he's never li- lived up to the height since he's been at Huddersfield. So, 
I agree yeah. with you on that one. No, definitely. Uh, what, what do you think, Sai, uh, for this for this game? I suppose this is a question for all of you as well. After after Sai's answer, but would you would you take a defeat to Plymouth if it meant a rest for the first team and to see some young lads? But I'll, I'll come to you first, Sai, and turn the players. I don't think I'd ever, ever accept a defeat. I think, um, but at the same time, I would like to see some of the younger players given a chance. And I think Carlos has alluded to that already. Arguably, what the worst outcome is, is a replay, given the kind of fixture congestion we've got at the moment. No one really wants a, a ship to Plymouth midweek, do they? So, oh, there's no replays in the FA Cup. Oh, no. There you go. Oh, I, think really season. Think I think this season. I think that's season. Yeah. Penalties, it isn't. Sorry, that's some, like, breaking news. Breaking news. Um, yeah, no no replay. So uh, This is why you're hosting. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, <laughs> Take that, Matt. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll confirm that to Brady. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of fine line, isn't it? Some of the players on the fringes probably deserve a chance, want, want, deserve a chance, want a chance. Arguably did that at Bournemouth and look where that got us, but obviously put up a much lower calibre of opposition. I, I think it'd be really interesting to see where these players are at. Kind of Philly talk about giving them a chance. They, this will probably have a big bearing on to what extent Carlos feels he can use them going forward. Yeah, if they're accounted, then we may see him involved kind of in games in the league more often going forward, kind of by contrast. If if they're playing, we, we turned over three zip, then it might be they're all shoved out on loan or, or kind of we don't see much of them beyond the B team for, for the rest of the season. So in that sense, it is a really interesting game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, definitely. And um, just, is, does anyone want to want to say anything on else on Plymouth? No? I think quick, yeah. just quickly, but the only thing I'd, I'd say is that you know, usually when you're playing a team like Plymouth, they might be coming on a bit, you know, lower league and if they're on a bit of a decent run, it is a little bit, you know, as a potential banana skin. But last 10, they've only won three out of the last 10. So they might be seeing it as a little bit of a distraction as well. But you'd hope that if these players are going to be stepping up to play in championship level, they should be able to come in and, you know, at least sort of fill in a couple of gaps. Maybe not make the wholesale changes of six or seven, but you know, two or three, see how it goes. And then if we are, you know, in front, make a couple of subs a bit earlier than what we potentially already would. But I think size, bang, bang, right. It's a really interesting conundrum. It's, it'll be interesting to see what it does. No, definitely. Is and, it, um, is it it's a quick kickoff as well, Brady? Uh, are you putting me on the spot here? But I, I think you're right. Isn't it? Well, you knew about the replay stuff. So what you knew about this as well. <laughs> I think it's I think it's six. Um Someone can check, you know, rather than me. Under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's six. Um, but I wanted to kind of, while I type, uh, I wanted to come on to, to Marcus because he, he kind of stole what I was going to ask him there. But just before we wrap up, obviously we're talking about the FA Cup. You were involved in the FA Cup at the weekend, Women's uh, Vitality FA Cup. And um, yeah, it was 3-2 after after extra time. So yeah. it sounded like a, a good game. So well, just tell us tell us a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, the magic of the FA Cup being... Being what it is, it's you know it's a famous competition in the men's game and the same in the women's game. So uh, we was the only women's game to be played in the country. So we got a lot of exposure from that and a lot of eyes on us. So it was it was good for us. We we went there on the back of I think eight consecutive wins and like I said, going to lower league opposition. I think they'd only played five games in the season. We've played ten, so fitness levels and everything went above them, but. When you go to lower league opposition, you know they, they want to beat you ultimately more than more than they up for it. They, they want to prove a point, and you know it, it was exactly what the FA Cup's about. It was physical. It was in your face. They caused you problems. The crowd got behind them, and 
and everything. So we're we're delighted we're in the hat for the next round. But obviously the season's been stopped. So when the next round may be and when that's drawn, we don't know yet. Um, but we're just happy that we we got through it and you know we, we've created a bit of resilience this season where we we come from behind in games and when we don't perform well we've we've been winning which which for us as coaching staff is massive and you know that the girls are playing with freedom and a lot of creativity and that's what we want to see we we're quite brave with the formation that we play in the back three you don't see it very often um, but the girls have adapted this season and taken all the messages on board and have been fantastic and that's why we're in the position that we're in at the moment and like I said Sunday was evident of that it was we, we got ourselves ahead and I think the last 10 minutes of the game it was the ball was in our half if I'm honest they were just piling pressure on they got a goal back and you know then the first half of extra time we, we've scored two and then towards the back end of, um, of the second half of extra time they've They've got one back again and put pressure on us, and we knew that was going to be the case going into the game as well. So we just, like I said before, thankful that we got through it and in the hat for the next round. Um, just linked, just linked to that. I don't normally do stuff like this because you are the only ones that are dead clever you know, <laughs> on social media and stuff. On, I'm more like carrier pigeons still. Um, <laughs> women's FA Cup matches may be decided on the toss of a coin or join of lots. The Football Association are considering their options after national lockdown leads to the competition being suspended. Yeah, I think it's like I said because we we was in the first round proper at the weekend and oh was it yeah the first round and uh, we were the only cup tie that that survived and went ahead and um, as it's only the top two divisions that are classed as elite, everyone else below basically our league has been stopped so. You know, we've gone through and potentially, obviously, a load of other teams. But I think there were meant to be 33 ties or whatever there was. And yeah. it was only us that went through it. So that then to get on to the next round where the more of elite clubs come in, they are looking at, like you say, a toss of a coin or however they decide it. So it, it it's up in the air that's horrendous, about, about what they're doing with it. But that's why I said we're thankful that we got through it and, and are in the next round. But... We don't know when that's going to be or when our season's going to start again. So we just got to sit tight and wait for the FA to to make that decision. Challenging, isn't it? Think, Challenging times at the moment for everybody. Yeah, 100%. Especially, like say, we, we've worked so hard and we've got, got yeah. ourselves in a great position. You know, we're top of the league and nine successive wins and we've come through one lockdown and rallied and gone again. And now we're in a lockdown three, as they call it. And again... Six seven weeks without a game is gonna gonna be tough, but you know we'll do exactly what we did in the first time around and do Zoom hit sessions and three sessions a week like we are now, but more physical and uh, <laughs> more physical. So you know hit sessions and yeah all them all them ones. So that let's get physical. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, maybe have a word with Ashley Barnes and he can leave people. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that one to Phil. I'll leave that one to Phil. <laughs> a toss of a coin's a bit harsh, isn't it? That's, That's right. embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, they should get two managers playing FIFA 21 against each other. Whatever the wings go through. That'd be, that'd be That's better. not embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like you said, from the top two leagues down in, in women's football, we're, we're not classed as elite. Um, although there are clubs that pay players and managers are paid and whatnot. So, you know, it's their livelihoods. 17 uh, outstanding second round games. Yeah. 
like I said, I think there were 33 teams that didn't play. So it's one of them. So like you say, you're just going to decide it by the toss of a coin and it's it's not really fair for anyone. It says here the same method could be used to decide the third round winners too. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's hope it's uh, yeah. you get the right flip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just yeah. <laughs> just on just on a uh, on a more positive note, obviously locked, lockdown has stopped the season. Uh, I think I'm bad luck for you, Marcus, because whenever we chat, it's just after the league's been paused. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, you're top of the league still. Like um, you know, when the season gets underway, um, it's looking it's looking good. I mean, you know, are you still? Are you, how how are you guys feeling? Because uh, obviously we spoke to you a couple of months ago, but you know even even now you know after you said this is your third lockdown and you're still up there, it must must feel great. Yeah, definitely. Because like when we first got the job back in in March, it was I think it was March the seventeenth, the same week the lockdown came in. So we only had one meeting with the girls, and that was this is our ideas, this is what we want to do, and put them across, and then suddenly win a full lockdown for two, three months, so we couldn't get on the training pitch, we couldn't do anything. Um, and then I think early June, we could get back on the grass, but only in groups of like four or five. So you're working on little units and trying to build up ideas without actually having a full squad of 20 players to work from. So you're having to sometimes repeat your sessions two or three times to different units and different players. But we got through that and... We we didn't start the season the best. We we drew the first game and lost the second game, and then ever since that like defeat, was probably the best thing that happened to us. Um, we probably shouldn't have even lost that game. Looking back, we missed a ninety-first minute penalty and give the ball away twice trying to play out and got punished two-one away at Burnley. And like Phil Phil will be Phil will know with with Ashley Barnes, it's physical going away to Burnley, and, and that was the case that day, and it, they punished us. But yeah, we've we've rallied and. Ever since the, I think the whole was the first game of the nine, nine winning runs. So ever since then, we've we've been really good and not looked back. So hopefully we can finish the season and hopefully go on and get promoted. Uh, definitely, mate. And we, uh, you know, when when you guys win the league, I hope you'll be parading the trophy on the Zoom call when we get you back. Yeah, um, <laughs> that'll be the that's the fingers crossed but yeah I think I think that's probably it, it lads for this evening um, yeah. thanks to everyone for tuning in live obviously it's about in the in the feeds later uh, we're all off now I think Phil's going to go chat to Ashley Barnes after we've uh, yeah. stopped recording so uh, <laughs> call me yeah Poz is going to go apologise to Jonathan Ogg and um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to uh, <laughs> just make sure the time. fax machine's turned on Phil There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear 
them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory So town play up And bring that car Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the car Back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, McNugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 